Professional welder Shayna Ford used VR training developed by ForgeFX to hone her skills as a welder. The more time that you spend practicing it, that's what separates a good welder from a great welder. VR training can help students like Shayna repeatedly practice specific skills. Virtual reality definitely helps because the more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Explore more stories like Shayna's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. This is a HeadGum Podcast. Hello, Halflings! It's me, Jasper William Cartwright, and I am joined today by... Leander Natty Lewis Nyao, but everybody calls me Unati. And... Jeremy Cobb, but Terry Gamble calls me Tenemy Cobb. And yes, that is a tenant reference. We're oh, bringing it no. back, baby. Damn it. No. Back again. Not Damn another it. one. Not another one. Thank we you, Terry. Thank you, Terry. Thank no. you, Terry. You helped me bring it back yet again. <laughs> no. Well, uh, speaking of uh, of large scale movies, a great way to segue into uh, our our guests today. We have two guests on the show today. I am unbelievably excited to say that on this week's episode, we don't just have three, we don't just have four, we have five halflings on the show. That is right. I am delighted to welcome Marion Pippin, Dominic Monaghan, and Billy Boyd themselves. They have come to talk all things nerdy, including their brand new podcast, The Friendship Onion. So what are we waiting for? Let's get into this week's episode. Full Prince vibe? Woof! <laughs> Let's make them even more black! Cake glitches and bitches! Lands in the cusp of a teaspoon? God, no! On a nat 20. No! You think this is just a game? That is disgusting and I love it! Yeah! We're about to get into something real big now. Always love that drop. Always love the drop. Uh, so great. Hello, drop. everyone. Welcome to the show. Uh, Dominic Monaghan and Billy Boyd. Um, uh, so first of all, we wanted to ask you guys, uh, we talk about all things uh, nerdy on this show, uh, from films and Dungeons and Dragons. Uh, so we wanted to ask you, what is the one thing that you like to nerd out about the most? Uh, so it could be anything. It could be a particular thing. It could be music. It could be football, theatre, or anything? I mean, I'm very, very nerdy uh, about a lot of things. I think one of the things that I'm the most nerdy about is that I nerd out on lots of things. (laughs) I'm very nerdy about football, Manchester United. I'm nerdy about League of Legends. I'm nerdy about movies. I think probably the thing that I'm the most nerdy about, because not that many people are nerdy about it with me, are insects. I'm a massive insect oh, nerd. Yeah. I um, love insects. Oh, cool. They're so, so yeah. you know, just do a lot of deep dives into trying to figure out what things are and what new science there is out about insects. In fact, I'm now nerdy enough about insects to know 
that based on the certain time of the year and the weather in that local area, if someone asks me online what a certain insect is, very often I won't even need to open up the photograph to identify it. I'll know that if there's been a recent rainstorm in Los Angeles and it's between September and December, there's a 90% chance that it's going to be a potato bug. If someone finds something in their bathroom and it's kind of after the, after the hot of the summer and not quite into the cool of the winter, I know it's probably going to be a house centipede or a silverfish. So my nerdy-based mm. knowledge on insects is, is pretty epic now. Really? That's incredible. Yeah, you, that was, that you, was. I am a geek for animals. Yeah, it's very geek <laughs> You might, really, you might be interested to know, uh, Dom, that I am currently in Cincinnati, Ohio, which uh, is about to, in possibly the next week or so, be consumed Cicadas. by the 17-year cicada plague. Right. Uh, for those of you who don't know, uh, basically, if you're not familiar with the animal, the insect known as a cicada, it's like the, it's like it looks like if somebody took a fly, made it like about an inch long, and then gave it evil red eyes, and then like <laughs> let it buzz really, really loud. Well, that and sounds fun. Essentially, yeah. <laughs> there's a 13 year variety. Well, there's actually I think it's like a yearly variety, but there's also a 13 year variety and a 17 year variety. The 17 year brood that uh, basically comes out of the ground every 17 years, trillions of them. Uh, like get everywhere uh, for like a month or two and then mate all of them die and all of the larva bury back or uh, burrow back into the ground and wait another 17 years yeah uh, wow. and it, there it's just about to happen in the next couple I of love months so we just in very like, very at an orgy without anyone's consent <laughs> just invited now and really annoying <laughs> that's what's happening great thanks nature thanks for that in very very hot countries that, that people go to a lot of times when they hear what they think are crickets or grasshoppers in the day are actually cicadas. They make that very loud kind of, you know, screeching, hissing noise. If you look mm. at those trees in those local areas in that 17-year pattern, you can see a dramatic growth in that year that the cicadas come out because they're taking all the nutrients from the dead cicadas oh, wow. and go through a massive growth spurt. Anyway, we'll have really cool. geek about Mainly cicadas. <laughs> mm, mm, mm. I'm with you there, Billy. I'm, yeah. <laughs> I like Star Trek. I'm a big Trekkie. Big Trekkie, yes. okay. Yeah. Especially uh, cool. the next generation. Okay. Yeah. Okay, TNG. yeah, I was going to say, Yonati's a bit of a, a Trekkie yourself, so. <laughs> good, good to hear. This much. Yeah, I watched like five episodes of the very of the original series and really, really liked it and then just never actually finished it. But I was like, this is great. And tell me this is cheesy, but this is awesome. You haven't seen anything else? Deep Space Nine, Voyager, nothing. No, shockingly. All I've seen, I saw, I've seen Wrath of Khan. I've seen Wrath of Khan. We've all seen Wrath of Khan. Could you watch Babylon... Nine, is it? Five. Could you watch Babylon 5 or Deep Space Nine, independent of everything else, and still get a lot of enjoyment out of it? Or well, do you need to know the canon? Well, for one thing, Babylon 5 isn't uh, Star Trek canon. I am sorry. That's an absolute disgrace. Wow. How and, could you not know uh, that, Dom? Honestly, I mean, pff, come on, man. Yeah, you can, you can watch any Star Trek without knowing the other ones, but there may be little things that you miss. Right, and out it's of not all as of enjoyable. those series, what's, yeah. what's your all-time favourite? The the Next Generation. Is that the Patrick Stewart one? Yeah. Make it so! Oh, exactly! <laughs> That's the one. That's You've heard it here. You've got to watch that one. one first. That's the one yeah. you've got to do. 
Uh, cool. So going uh, like going kind of further into your fandom, we always ask like a bit of like an origin story whenever we get guests on this pod. And I'd be interested to know like what was your like introduction to fandom? Were you like born a nerd, or were you kind of introduced to sort of nerdy stuff like Star Trek or things like that? Like when you did like acting projects and things. Like how did that start for you? That like journey, I guess, of being sort of getting into sort of nerdy uh, a thing. Do you mean any level uh, of nerdiness, or do you mean nerdiness in terms? of like Lord of the yeah, Rings. Yeah, I guess like, and, like, yeah, like fandoms and things like that. So like, I guess things like Lord of the Rings or Star Trek or kind of like, you know, sort of fan culture as a... Entomology, as a I guess. Yeah. I'm sure there's a big entom- entomologist community. There, I, there is. It was probably Star Wars. Yes. Mm. I think for me is the... Um, that was the first time there was a movie that everybody sort of, for me, bought into that world and was like... Mm oh, we've got lightsabers and we're making up our own characters. And, you know, I I would definitely say that Star Wars somehow hit that more than any other film that I'd seen to that point. Even things like um, Harryhausen movies, you know, even though I loved Mm. them, it, it wasn't a thing that people then, you know, went into the the school playground and started playing those characters mm. or, you know, inventing their own stuff. Star Wars, were, I think, was the one that kind of was the first sort of fandom. Yeah. Mm. Started that almost like like cultural moment, right? Mm-hmm. Like that viral moment yeah. that kind of got everyone talking about stuff. Yeah, uh, yeah. Which I guess seems to happen a lot these days, right? Because social media just... Yeah, much more, Whips I everyone think. up into yeah. a frenzy, you know? <laughs> that was something yeah. strange and different, I think, when it came out. Yeah, so many, so many films now are only happening because they're trying to build franchises and trying to build these worlds, which I think is a real... Shame in a lot of ways because you know there is there are so many great merits to independent cinema and it, it is being squeezed out a lot Hell by yeah. these massive studios saying unless we can justify three or four movies out of this thing we're, we're not going to start it mm. which you know that kills things like Labyrinth or The Dark Crystal or yep. Goonies yeah. or you know I'm sure Raiders of the Last Ark didn't think it was going to be a trilogy until. Yeah. It became a yeah. success. So, same as Billy, really. Mine probably wasn't Star Wars um, initially. I think mine was was probably something like Jason and the Argonauts or Sinbad or The Dark Crystal or something like that. I was a, a big kind of film fan as a kid, but up very early at the weekend, as most kids are. Mm-hmm. And my dad would bring home a video from the video shop on a Friday night for my brother and I to watch in the morning. And my dad and mum would tell me years later that I would get up before my brother, watch it, then my brother would come downstairs, we'd watch it again, then my mum and dad would come downstairs, my brother would go out and play, and I would strike at my mum and dad to watch it another time. So I'd watch it three times in a row, and then for the rest of the weekend, be constantly asking my dad to watch it over and over again. So... I think something like was it was it Jason and the Argonauts where the where the skeletons kind yeah. of stand up yeah. and get into a sort yeah. of like, I think maybe something like that and that's Harry Housen, right? Yeah. Brilliant. Pete yeah. Jackson was a massive Harry Housen fan. 
Huge Harryhausen fan and Richard Taylor over at Weta. For anyone in Edinburgh at the moment, um, yes, there Edinburgh. is a great Ray Harryhausen um, uh, sort of display at the... Exhibition. Um, exhibition, that's the word. You're welcome. At that's the, the uh, at One of the museums <laughs> in Edinburgh. I can't remember which one. Ooh. But it looks There's fantastic. A few. I've a only few. seen it online, but I would recommend going to see it. You could probably see Amazing. one of the skeletons. Oh, brilliant. A bit of tiny in real life, aren't they? They're d- double the size of human form. Wow. That's actually pretty impressive. <laughs> Whoa, that, wait, they're that, double yeah. the size of a person, those skeletons? I mean, in Billy's head. I may have made that up. Yeah. <laughs> okay, because okay. I was like, Whoa, that's crazy, Whoa. they built these gigantic skeleton mo- Yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, they're probably yeah. Jeremy's uh, Jeremy just books tickets in that time to go to Edinburgh. <laughs> yeah. and he's immediately going to be disappointed now when he arrives. Real quick, yeah. Second, uh, I mean, that's just good advice generally. You should just go to yeah, Edinburgh because it's a gorgeous. beautiful place. Yeah, um, is. Yeah. Fantastic yeah. city. Absolutely, yeah. Best time in Edinburgh. Um, amazing. So, uh, well, one question which I think uh, a lot of our uh, listeners would be interested to know is: uh, I think, Dom, I've, I've seen some evidence potentially of you uh, playing Dungeons and Dragons, but I'm wondering: have you actually, the two of you, ever played Dungeons and Dragons? Uh, and if so, how much? Uh, uh, what's your been your intro to that world so far? I'm just interested to know. Yours will be a shorter answer, won't it? Mine will be short. It will be, I have never played it. And also, <laughs> I don't actually quite understand it, even when I see people playing it or when Dom tries to explain to me what it is. <laughs> I still don't get it. I try, I've ex- tried to explain it a couple of times to Billy because I actually think Billy would really like it if he mm. played it. Um, but, you know, you kind of need a dungeon master to know what they're doing. I bought the whole, I mean, I played it a little bit at school, a tiny amount. There was a room in our school where Dungeons and Dragons geek players played and I was in between two worlds playing football, but every so often kind of looking through the window thinking, well, that does look fun, but I'm not sure if I should do it. And every so often I would go in and find out, or I'd do that thing where maybe the that particular group has gone to class and I would walk over the like to the table and see the remains of a game and be like, oh, what is this what wondrous is this? world? Dice and, <laughs> and a map and oh, there's a dragon and oh, a cave. Oh, and I didn't really understand, you know. um, yeah. I, I, I'm, I'm so there with you being caught in that world between like football and and like there's a really like toxic part of you when you're like a teenager and you're like, oh no, but it's not cool to play Dungeons and Dragons so I need to like ignore that part because I'm into football and then, man, I wasted so many prime years of playing Dungeons and Dragons. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, I can definitely have done both. I do both now, so... <laughs> I, I, think, I think it's a really brilliant way for anyone, but especially young people at formative times in their life, to mm. build the confidence to be able to create a story, you know, mm. write a story mm. or, or work their way through the narrative of a story in their head, because obviously you've got the dice rolling random elements of stuff but alongside the dungeon master and the players there needs to be this kind of collaborative mindset of we're all going to be part of keeping the story in the air you know so Mm -hmm. you can't kind Mm -hmm. of back yourself into a corner and say oh here comes a goblin he stabs all of you you're all dead end of story you have to say (laughs) well he tries to stab me but i jump up and then a rock falls down on his head. You know, all that kind of mm-hmm. the the yes and element of storytelling, I think, is is brilliant in Dungeons & Dragons. The design of the game, I think, is 
incredible. About halfway through COVID year, I was approached mm. by a company online that said, hey, maybe you're having the same year that we're all having, kind of isolated and stuck on your computer. If you are and you want to play Dungeons and Dragons with us, let us know. And I said yes, and we did a little kind of six-week adventure. I played a halfling, interestingly. Mm. And, Very uh, good. Very we, good. I mean, Billy would have loved it. We, we, were, we were trying to save a village that the, the, the nefarious characters in the game had been dragging a mountain that was aloft in the sky over the village to kind of shield the, the sun from the village. And we had to go up to that mountain and cut the, bi- the binds of the mountain so it could come back down to the earth. And we were, we were uh, flying on these like massive deer and all this kind of stuff. It was amazing. It was a brilliant experience. <laughs> That's incredible. That's it. That's exactly it, though. That's exactly what D and D is about. Like, you have to play it, Billy. You've got to play it. Like, I feel like like... what I don't, and I don't want to get too into this because you guys know what you're doing, and I'll be very basic. Now, let's. We have new players. We have new players. Listen to this. We can get into it. Like, could we just play it just now? Like, do you need anything? Let's go. I've got dice. Let's go. (laughs) (laughs) Do you want? And then everything else is made up. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's you basically can buy like a box. You can buy no, a box, but it's abs- not. A you can do if you want to, but it's it's like it's absolutely a a, a shared imagining uh, space for you to all enjoy mm. together. I actually liken it a lot to acting. I think when you get into like a rehearsal room, it's like a really good rehearsal room. Is what I I, I yeah. liken but playing D and D to. What makes it Dungeons and Dragons? What makes it not? Just you making something up. Is there rules? There are some rules. Yeah, I think initially are. Dungeons uh, yeah, and Dragons is based on the fact that very classically in the game, you might find yourself in an underground cave or in a dungeon. A dungeon. And there might be mm. dragons. But in the recent Dungeons and Dragons that we played, that I played, no dragons, no dungeons. It's just mythical characters. You roll the dice based on what's going to potentially happen in the game or any sense of combat. But you build your character... The dungeon master builds the world. And you take your character into different stories? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And your character, it, therefore, gets stronger or not? Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you Absolutely. get stronger. You, level, you get yeah. HP. It's basically like, it's basically, because, I mean, D&D is heavily influenced by Lord of the Rings. It's basically if you got to write all of what happened to you, you got to create a character, put them in the world of Lord of the Rings and decide everything that you did. And so, like, if you had decided, oh, yeah, I really want, I really, say you made Pippin, and you're like, I really want Pippin to be at Helm's Deep. And you could, like, choose, instead of, like, you guys going after Treebeard and trying to get all of the other Ents involved, you're like, no, 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 I want to either go off and help Gandalf get the Rohirrim to come in, or just fight alongside my friends, and so now you're in Helm's Deep, and the whole story's changed. And, Mm. like, and so it's, it's... And you roll dice essentially to see how well you succeed on the stuff you're trying to do. Oh, really? Yes. Cool. You would genuinely and, like it. And just to make the point for anyone hmm. who doesn't know Lord of Rings, in the actual Lord of Rings, Pippin did help in all those things. Yeah. Yes. And Pippin was in every scene. If you look close enough. Yeah, it's the story of Pippin. 
It really is. It really is. Uh, I, I feel like uh, uh, Billy, you playing Dungeons and Dragons now is the new goal for for like this. Yeah. Like, you, you've got to. You got to. You. Like, we got to get you back. You got to get you playing Dungeons and Dragons. <laughs> it's like, really, really fun. Like it, it's honestly, I think you would have a. You'd have a great, great time. I can see a halfling themed one shot like I'll coming link, up I'll now link, already. I'll have a goal, but I don't want to be a halfling. I've done. No, that. no, you don't need to be. <laughs> no. I want to. Be well, this like, is actually go for dragon. This is one of the questions I was going to ask you. What's the strongest warrior? Well, uh, so you could play as like a barbarian if you want to. They have a thing, a thing called rage, which is where they get to do like extra damage uh, and uh, and things like that because they fly into like a fiery, passionate rage until they've yeah. killed all of their their opponents. So maybe like you the, could be a as an example. I'm seeing, I'm seeing dragon ball. No, maybe a dragon <laughs> ball. Yeah. As an example of like the barbarian. Speaking of Helm's Deep, the dude who runs in, like the crazy orc berserker who runs in there and blows up the wall, and mm. Legolas just keeps shooting him, and he will not go down. That's basically a barbarian. Yeah. Like you just you just take huge amounts of damage Give me some other and are options. really really strong. Uh, you other can be options. a fighter. You can be a, which yeah, is like, a fighter. Which is like kind of a straightforward sort of like a Gimli type. You can be any race you want within the game. So you could be a dwarf or an elf or a dragonborn or a halfling or a human or whatever. And there's a bunch of other ones. But you could be it's basically like you're just really good at fighting. Uh, there's one the paladin where it's like Ooh, you have yeah. like divine powers. So you're really big and strong, but you're also infused with divine power from a deity and you can smite you use the deity's powers to like smite your enemies and stuff. My pers- that yeah. one's I'm, really cool. I'm, I'm wondering if I feel like I'm getting like rogues are my personal favorite. Yeah, oh, Rogues, rogues. Yeah, sneaky rogues. types, always coming in for damage yeah, in the dark. Like a, like a stealth archer. Yeah. I was a halfling. <laughs> oh, monks! Yeah, I, love I monks. hate I hate monks. I DM uh, I DM and Jeremy plays a uh, a monk, a and monk. it is it is the most infuriating thing because they have so many very good abilities where they can stun your enemies and they just can't do anything for a little while, which is oh very like they're not as kind of in your face and in the front line. But from from kind of behind the front line, if they're being protected, they can they can basically stop the enemy from from swinging their axe or, or throwing mm. the sword around. So as as the people around the table, mm. like you're saying, stop the enemy, side. they're all on your side. Yeah. So why are mm. you getting angry at monks? If everyone's on your side, oh, so because I, I I DM, so like I'm the dungeon master. I throw things at my opponents, and what happens is I throw something at Jeremy here, and then he goes, "Oh, I need you to uh, roll this dice," and I roll it, and I fail because I always fail. My dice are always rubbish when I DM. Okay, and then my monster is like paralyzed in place because he kind of does like a cool Bruce Lee thing where he like punches my monster in like a certain few places, and then the monster kind of freezes up ah. for a little while, and I. That is very infuriating for me. So that's why I so that's why I rules. dislike monks. Well, there's definitely rules. It's not just oh, they're, free they're, from. And yeah. the roll of the dice will dictate. You might you might say I want to do this, but then when you roll the dice, it's like, well, you, you can't do that. Now but then that's the, that's the that's the beauty of the game is that you have a DM who will kind of guide you through that process. They kind of uh, you know say you, you, you what usually happens if you have a new player. Uh, they come along. You you bring your d20, which is a little twenty sided dice, and that's kind of good to start you off. And then a DM usually you you'll describe what you want to do, and a DM goes, okay, you. you you might want to roll this or have a look at this ability and sort of so you get very like introduced to it like in a nice fun way uh where it's not too like realistically you don't have to look i don't think i've ever actually picked up like a player's handbook or a dungeon master's guide and combed through pages i've i've sometimes referred back to oh, oh what's that particular rule but like otherwise i've just you know just enjoyed playing with my friends in a very kind of fun kind of freeform way so do yeah. you ever dm 
Now, I've not, that was my intention was to DM. And then when I started to look into the player's handbook and started to try and get, you know, a, a group of friends, Nigel and Carrie and Jackie, mm-hmm. people like that to do it, I realized that the workload was a lot as a DM. Mm-hmm. And also you can't play as the DM. You're on the outside you're on the, looking you're seen, in. Yeah. And so I, mm-hmm. I wanted to play. Another question. Mm-hmm. Yes. I really. just thought, is there a Dungeons and Dragons for the Star Trek universe? Yes. yes, there are yeah. all kinds. I think Starfinders yeah. is, yeah. Star is, a, is like a yeah. sci-fi oriented TTRPG. There, yeah. It's like they're all. There's a lot of sci-fi themed tabletop role playing games. Mm. Well, I would like exist. to do that if that could be organized. Yeah, we we will yeah. absolutely that organize that for you, Billy. One hundred percent. I would like to do that. <laughs> yes, uh, I I'm very excited for this. Let's I'm pretty move, sure there's an actual Star Trek TTRPG yeah, as well, like is. one specific. Yeah. Really? Yeah. yeah, we're gonna have to. We'll find the best one and we'll send <laughs> you an the invite. Best one, and, you can, and then let's all do it. Let's let's all do, yeah. do it. Yeah, let's, that'll be fun. Absolutely, let's all do this. Uh, that sounds very very exciting. Billy's um, gonna have to be the captain. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah, Billy, you can absolutely be the captain. I love the, I love the idea that one guy who's never played a TTRPG is going to be the captain, and we're going to be stuck on this ship, and we're like, no, 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 please don't, and we end up flying into like the sun. No, no. As long as we all have an an amazing crew, who would you like to be? Um, I think I'd like to be maybe the. Maybe kind of like the sage of Ooh, the ship, right? So maybe he's Ooh, like okay. a little bit of a medic mixed with a little bit of a like a seer almost. So you're like science, and maybe you're, science, you're science. quite empathetic. Yeah, that's yeah. why you're a good healer. Yeah, yeah. So you're very like science, science, science. We're going to do it like this, like yeah, this. And then yeah. sometimes I come over to you and say, Captain. Yes. I have a bad feeling about that area that we're Where, where do you have the feeling? Here I am. Oh, that's a bad place. <laughs> right so there. It's, it's, it's basically written. It's written I mean? itself. There we go. There we go. It's ready. It's ready. I'm going to I'm gonna go with the Scotty. I'm going to go with the engineer. Uh, uh, that's what I want to do. I want to be the, the guy who uh, gets us into warp drive. And when, when we take some shots, you're going to be shouting at me down the thing, like, get, get us back well, into hyperspace. Like, that's that what I want. Hold on. Yeah. Why yeah. is the warp drive off? What? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> he turned it off to save power. Yeah, we had to save power, power otherwise we wouldn't wait, have any guns. We wouldn't have to shoot Jeremy, them. Jeremy, who are you? That you're just shooting <laughs> yeah. into uh, the intercom I here. Think, you're obviously I think I would be, quite high up in the Is there a munitions officer? Can I yes. be a munitions oh, officer? Yeah. Yes. All right, yeah, I want to be munitions. So well, I'm like, I'm in charge of the guns and everything. Why Why are you shouting about the the warp drive? Look, I feel bad about I feel bad about the treatment that our technician has had on this mission, and so I'm trying to step in and be a, a friend to him by explaining. Thank Look, you. I I understand that he gets nervous in these situations dealing with I authority, do. so I'm just trying to help ease c- communication right now and say, "Look, he turned it off. It's it's a very important thing. We had to save power while we were floating above the planet." Just so you know, I'm always a little annoyed with Jeremy. Yeah. Because in a previous mm. story, he stole one of my girlfriends and we oh, have a little, oh. we, we butt heads a little bit. I don't like mm. the whole weapons vibe that he's got. I'm uh-huh. more of a kind of philosophical guy. So you just mm. keep your mouth shut and stay in your position. Just shut it, you! <laughs> shut it! Shut it! <laughs> yeah, shut it. Please, yeah. heart weakling. Here we go. <laughs> I'm going to go call Susie and ask her what she thought of it. Ooh, <laughs> like, how much she enjoyed like, being with me instead. What do you feel about Whoa. that? Hit me where it hurts there, uh, gentlemen. <laughs> right into Susie. Oh. Wow, uh, Yanasi, where are you on this ship? Um, I'm 
so I'm currently uh, flapping um, because I'm looking through the rule book that I'm just about purchase, done purchasing now. Ooh, It'll be coming. Okay, okay, we've got rule books. Yes. We're on it. We're on Stop it now. We're on it now. It has been purchased. Done. Yes. Oh, wow. That yes. is exciting. We're going to do this. We're going to make yeah. this happen. I'm very excited. Well, for there this. may even be like a Star Trek. I think there almost 100% yeah, is yeah. just a Star Trek TTRPG. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So mm. I got to we, we got to do some research yeah. to see which mm. one would be best. Which but is there's the best. Yeah. There's also an Aliens one as well. Ooh. But apparently Ooh, it's a- like, that would be terrifying. Like ridiculously hard to run because it's just so like it's just ridiculously hard to run. I should imagine it's very yeah, difficult. Yeah, yeah. Very but difficult. I I wanted to stay on the the D and D topic for a sec, if I could, because actually, uh, I uh, uh, Dom, I knew about your obsession with uh, insects beforehand, and I was kind of fascinated. I was watching, I was watching you getting bitten by some ants earlier, uh, and thinking, well, that seems um, painful. But I was wondering uh, if you could take any creepy crawly, uh, any insect uh, that maybe people didn't know about, and turn it into a D and D monster. What would you pick? Like any obscure insect that has some weird, nasty ability. Like what would be the one thing you'd turn into a... what would strike fear into your heart if you were in that dungeon? Well, it's, it's not technically an insect. It's an invertebrate. Mm-hmm. Um, but That'll do. That's nice. Scolopendra gigantia, which is the biggest centipede in the world. I mean, if that was... Ooh. if that, It didn't even need to be human size. Even if that was kind of the size of a dog, it would be one of the most terrifying animals on the planet. One of the fastest... Yeah, hello. Like a what? Like a pug or like a Great Dane? Even a pug. Mm, carry would, on. But a Even great a pug. Dane wow. Would be in okay. Real trouble. <laughs> one of the one of the fastest invertebrates in the world. It has little tiny hooks on each leg that it uses to grab hold of its prey. It has a flesh melting venom. Extremely uh, aggressive when it's close to its food. Great eyesight. Great senses. It's been around for hundreds of millions of years. Is this the one that you had on your show and you had it on a stick? Yeah. And it kept crawling towards you and then you grabbed yeah, the other end of the stick? You need mm. to watch oh. that episode if you haven't seen it. It's yeah. brilliant. Yeah, I was watching one earlier where you were poking this spider saying how it was the 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 the, the, the it was the, the far, like the most one of the most deadly spiders and then it jumped at your cameraman oh, right. and I sat here and was like ah! yeah. <laughs> like yeah. I had to get out of there cuz I was like I'm not doing this. That's the, I was that's there. The, yeah, uh, that was wow. That's the Brazilian <laughs> wandering spider which interesting Whoa. interestingly is Yeah, one you were just one, poking it with a you were just Whoa. poking it with a stick. Yeah. Whoa. Yeah. No. 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 I'm not sure if poking is the right word. But um, it's one of, the most, one of the most venomous spiders, one of the most dangerous spiders in the world because it's so fast. But interestingly, when it bites males, it causes uncontrollable erections for yeah. between nine to, t- yes, nine to 12 hours. And they're studying its venom to try and solve erectile dysfunction so mm. it is also medicinally important but yeah if it bites Just, you it has killed a lot of people men and women and uh, the last 12 hours of your life you'll have a raging stoner wow if you if you're gonna go you know what i mean if you're yeah. gonna go uh, <laughs> go out with a bang or go out banging you know I'm saying. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, yeah, I can't wait for that to be a D&D monster. I don't want to DM that that bit though, oh. like uh, <laughs> describing that bit in, in too much detail. Um 
Oh dear, that's that's very funny. Um, so a, a lot of the theme of our show um, is about making uh, sort of the fan- fantasy world more accessible for all people, uh, making sure that everyone sees themselves represented, and hence the the name Three Black Halflings. It, it was something that came to us when we felt like we wanted to see more people um, of color in these spaces and things. And I was just interested to know, like, since you've started like actually working in the industry, let alone being a fan of the kind of industry at large how have you seen that kind of change do you feel like it's got more accessible do you feel like it's uh changed uh with the introductions of things like social media etc like i'm just fascinated to know what it's like from having been at sort of the, the the heights of the industry for so long uh how you've seen that kind of journey i think like letting your geek flag fly is much more embraced than it used to be Certainly when I was in my kind of early teens and then, you know, up until my maybe mid-twenties, the only accepted level of geekery for myself and for my friends was Manchester United. If you could name players from the 1960s or the 1970s or a goal that took place, that's, that's fine. And it's okay to be a geek in that way, but you probably would want to keep it a little quieter if you had happened to read a whole compendium of fantasy books that you were really into. I think Mm. nowadays with social media and with the blossoming of all of these conventions that Billy and I get invited to every so often, the acceptance of, you know, whatever you want to wear, whatever choices you want to make, whatever race of characters you want to identify with, as long as you're not harming anyone else's ability to be free is completely accepted. I was astounded the first time I went to Comic-Con. I thought I was going to go to a comic book convention with some stands of comic books, maybe the occasional Stormtrooper, and that was it. And we showed (laughs) up and it was Boba Fett and Gollum and Morgana and you know, Medusa and all of all of these and People ways. probably dressed as you. <laughs> people dressed as us, for sure. Any way that you wanted yeah. to express yourself, Comic-Con seems to be a place to say, look, for this weekend, no judgment, do whatever you want. And, and mm. I absolutely love that. And I, I think it has continued to blossom. Obviously, Lord of the Rings has been huge for that. But things like the Avengers, mm. you know, um, what was the other thing I was going to mention? Um, the Harry Potter world, people walking around mm. with wands, that would probably be a, a bit of something that you would poke fun at 30 years ago. Nowadays, everyone talks about what house you're associated with in Harry Potter. So, yeah, it's it's all very healthy. Yeah. Lots yeah. of energy. And, of course, we nice. live in a world where, you know, I think, you know, most people, we would hope a huge majority of people is just trying to get to the place where, you know, where you're from, the colour of your skin, anything like that just doesn't matter it's you know we're all trying to get rid of that you know hopefully and i think i think sci-fi has been trying to kind of make that a thing for a long time getting back to star trek you know the Mm. whole thing is Mm. you know just because they're from there or they look like that or they're different from us or we're different from them that shouldn't be a thing and i think that's you know and and I think it's a long journey and, and much longer than it should be, you know, for whatever reason. But we're all, I think, and I think lately more than ever, trying to kind of, 
you know, directly push against all these stereotypes and the um, kind of storytelling stereotypes, storytelling mm. stereotypes that we're all mm. trying to get rid of. And, you know, the quicker that comes, the better, you know. Mm. And uh, mm. I think it'll take... I think it'll take hopefully this generation and not many more of young filmmakers and young storytellers to, you know, fight against that hard so that mm. it becomes a historical, I can't believe that we used to do that, you know. I, it's really interesting that you say about stereotypes because I think it goes back to what you mentioned earlier, Dom, in that, like, it's about expression, right? Like, that's what, like, things like D&D, and I think now fantasy as a huge umbrella kind of genre has become. It's about people being able to express themselves in these, like, larger-than-life ways, being able to ex- escape into something that is, like, e- like a truly epic and, you know, and outside of that kind of normal, that normal realm. And I think that the more we live in this that place of stereotype, the, the more difficult and the less accessible it is for people because if you only see yourself in that kind of stereotyped form and that's for everyone I think um you know uh, you know whether you're a white guy or a, a you know a, a, a someone you know a Chinese woman or do you know what I mean like I think there's a, if you see only yourself a stereotype uh, the chances are it probably doesn't uh, that apply that much to you because you're a very nuanced and interesting person. You know, there's more mm. to you than just where you're from or the color of your skin or something like that. So. And I remember doing um, doing like a, a, a drama for a, a British TV show, and I was playing, you know, a Scottish character, and he's a he's an alcoholic, and I'm like, mm. yeah, does he have to? You know, is, does this mm. have to? And 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 then when it was, I said, well, can I play him not Scottish then? Can I play something else? Mm. And one of the writers said they're sorry about this, but it's a sort of storytelling stereotype that they use in mm. TV where if there's a drunk it's Scottish if if he's um if he's a thief it's Liverpool right. I mean just yeah. awful then you're like yeah. you know and the more you you tell that story the more it becomes real in someone's head yeah and you're like oh god we need to stop doing this you know yeah, yeah. I think it's, it's, it's yeah sorry go on no it's yeah. alright um I think there's there's a there is an insecurity with a lot of a lot of people or a lot of societies to kind of box people in mm-hmm. put put people in some sort of pigeonhole in and the more you are, are not willing to explain yourself in those situations or get boxed in the easier it will be to do whatever you want you know I mean I used to paint my nails at, at school and the only kids that would give me hassle about painting my nails were clearly the kids that were probably a little interested in it as well, but they were mm-hmm, a little mm-hmm. bit too insecure to do it. I used to wear two watches at school and people would just be like, what are you doing? What are you doing that for? What are you doing that for? And I remember just like years later thinking, that kid probably really wanted to do it and they're mm-hmm. threatened by the fact that you do it and I would never explain it I just go well I just like it and you know yes. wearing whatever wearing <laughs> makeup or, or or you know remember going on holiday with my friends uh went to went to Italy with a bunch of friends four girls and a boy and I, and I put one of the girls skirts on and we were all kind of laughing and joking and then we went out for dinner and I was like I'm keeping this on I like it and my my mate was like, you can't do that, you can't do that. I was like, why, what? Like, I'm on holiday. It doesn't matter. No one knows who I am. Even if they did know who I am, I'm, I'm still going to do it. Yeah. And I, I remember thinking, my mate Tom, 
probably wants to put a skirt on as well. <laughs> and he's looking at me going, oh, I want to do that. Just do yeah. it. it doesn't... <laughs> that looks so comfortable and you look pretty. <laughs> God damn it. It's free. It's cooling. There's airflow. It's co- yeah. Everything yeah. can breathe. Everything can breathe. It's not restrictive. I like it's always a great idea. Like that. I remember once we went for dinner um, here in Los Angeles with a, a, a group of people and Dom was late to dinner. Uh, which is strange because he used to wear two watches. And I'm quite timely, no? Yeah, very timely. Mm, mm, <laughs> and he turned up um, with a, a, a Darth Vader cloak on. Yes. <laughs> yes. That's right. Yes. Thought, brilliant. Why not? He had the whole Darth yeah. Vader thing with the cloak. I was like, great. And he was on crutches because he just hurt his leg or something. <laughs> and I started walking into the, the restaurant and I thought, yes, why not? Absolutely, there he is. Why, why that really re- if you're not going to wear it? Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. That really reminds me. I remember I, um, I, I don't think I've ever actually said this out in public before. Um, and it's one of those things where I regretted it at the time. And now I look back, I was like, good for you, young Jasper. I went to college uh, one day just wearing, you know, Kick-Ass, the superhero? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Like, uh, the, 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 I went to college just dressed like that, like just in a, <laughs> just in a, in the green. I went to like, uh, went to my drama class and everyone was looking at me like, what? Brilliant. Like, why? And I was just You're like, dressed, I, it was in my cupboard and it was yeah. clean. And Doesn't smell. Uh, you like the way so, it looks. So this is, this is it. Nude. This is it. You're not breaking any laws. So what's the problem? Yeah, yeah. exactly. I mean, exactly. Bruce, Bruce Lee, that kind of yellow you know, one piece. Yeah. What, what would that be? A jumpsuit? Is that yeah. a jumpsuit? Yeah, I think it's a jumpsuit. Yeah. No yeah. one's or telling Bruce yeah, Lee yeah. what he can and can't wear, so he does whatever he wants. That's become an iconic piece of style, you know? And he had mm. the balls to do it because no one's going to give Bruce Lee hassle. We need more people like that doing those type of things. It makes it fun, you know? Yeah, absolutely. You, yeah, exactly, and that's exactly it. You need uh, that's I think uh, one of the biggest things that we tried to do on this show. It's about representation. It's it's about seeing yourself and and seeing someone who represents you doing something like that, doing something bold, doing something brave, and kind of going, oh yes, like I love that. I want to embrace that. I want to I want to get involved. I want to play Dungeons and Dragons or yeah. you know whatever you whatever it is or um you know I want to get into Star Trek or or whatever you know Ooh. some little I'm sure there's little lads in Scotland who are probably like oh, actually. No, I do like I do like Star Trek now because you know Billy Boyd said he likes Star Trek, so I like Star Trek. There's an amazing documentary <laughs> about the the fandom of Star Trek called Trekkies that Billy and I watched a few times when we were in New Zealand, and the lady who played Uhura said mm. that she met a black woman years later who had seen her in Star Trek, who had said to her mom, "Mom, there's a black lady on the TV, but she's not playing a maid." or a slave or a servant and that lady was Whoopi Goldberg and it completely changed the direction of her life so the the influence of of Star Trek Mm -hmm. is incredible from Mm -hmm. that inclusion yeah Yeah. the original series had the first uh, televised interracial kiss in the United States yeah uh, between Kirk and Uhura wow yeah Mm -hmm. Yeah, uh, that, uh, we're all big Whoopi fans on this show. Oh, she's uh, brilliant. <laughs> no, we do. Have I mean, to... I don't know how you couldn't be. She's brilliant. You're absolutely right. If we if we only see our race or our people, whatever, in one way or a couple of ways on stories, then you you get drawn in. We need to get rid of the stereotypes. The re- one mm. of the reasons I got into film was I saw Bill Forsyth's Gregory's Girl movie. Mm-hmm. Because before that, I didn't think Scottish people were in film or were involved in film or could make mm. films. Mm. And when I saw that in the, in the cinema, 
I thought, wow, there's a story about people that I understand. This isn't a, an American high school. This is a comprehensive yeah. in Scotland, you know? And I thought, yeah, wow, yeah. there is stories about, you know, people that I know. So, mm. I mean, we have to always be pushing that, I think. Yeah. Yeah. We uh we do um one of our when we play Dungeons and Dragons, we play it in a setting called the Wagadu Chronicles, which is like a Africa based setting. And it's basically and literally the 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 guy who made it, who uh we've had the pleasure of talking to a few times, said, What if J.R. Tolkien was born uh, in Africa and was inspired by Africa. What if Lord of the Rings was made about uh, a sort of Africa? And it's it's an incredible setting. And the, and I feel like we always get people sort of saying how refreshing it is and how mm. amazing just to just to see a different color palette. Do you know what I mean? Like even little things like that, just to, uh, different like different weapons, different music. Like there's less loot, more, more drums. drums. Do you know what I mean? More drums, always more drums, more less drums. loot, less loot. <laughs> Less loots, yeah, yeah. We hate Sorry, the loot I, on this I, show. I, I really Ban hate the, loot. the loot. I hate the loot. I am truly <laughs> like yeah, loot, yeah. but I agree it's overused. <laughs> it's really overused. Don't hear it anymore. <laughs> <laughs> it's a conversation now. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so uh, obviously, you uh, you guys are here to talk uh, a little bit about the Friendship Onion, which is your new podcast, which I am so so excited to listen to. So I thought, like, why don't we kick off this conversation? Give us like the elevator pitch. What's like the what's like the the why should people listen to the uh, to the Friendship Onion? Uh, other than just the fact that it's you guys and it sounds great. <laughs> just boredom, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> No, it's uh, <laughs> basically me and Dom have been hanging out together since Lord of the Rings, and we didn't mm. know each other before that. We met on the set, but we have been, you know, great friends since. Go on holiday together, you know, hang out together. So, we're kind is of, it true that you named your band after Dom? Is that true? I think I read that somewhere. Well, no, uh, Bee Cake. I have, a, is that- I have a band called Bee Cake. Yeah. And that happened because I was working once, I can't remember what on, and Dom was on vacation, he was on holiday, and he was sending me pictures from where he was. Tangier. Tangier. And mm. um, one of the pictures was a cake, and it was covered in bees. And he said <laughs> that this cake had uh, pollen on it, mm. and it attracted the bees into the bakery. And people were still buying it. They were just knocking the bees off and cutting a slice. Whoa. And when he sent the picture to let me see this, he put under it Bee Cake. And I was trying to get a name for a band at the time. So we called Amazing. it Bee Cake. Oh. Oh. Amazing. I, I love that. Cake. I love that. Sorry, carry on. I just wanted to hear <laughs> that. I think that was true. <laughs> yeah, I think, well, like Billy was saying, we spend a lot of time with each other having inane conversations about you know, random things. And I think uh, probably getting on for a year or maybe even a little bit more, we had both said, well, you know, if we do this for an hour and we cut it into 45 minutes of the stuff that we like the most, that's a podcast that is similar to all the other podcasts that we listen to, which is people whose personality we like welcoming us in for a 45 minute chat where we can you know have a cup of coffee and a slice of cake and just um, you do a lot of driving in LA you know the average drive (laughs) in LA is you know between half an hour and 40 minutes and you know sometimes you just need something to take the edge off and I very often listen to nice 
friendly, welcoming, silly, comedic podcast. Nice. Very nice. So uh, I was wondering if uh, there is like uh, something that you can share, obviously no spoilers, but is there like any particular like episode or uh, is there any particular moment maybe that you've done, uh, you've recorded with a Friendship Onion that you're particularly excited for people to hear? Uh, is there anything, uh, this is, I think this is going to be out the day before, I think the, the first episode is, is due to drop, um, but I was wondering if there's anything uh, in particular that you're particularly excited for people to, to, to hear and and, uh, to listen to well true to form Billy and I both like the piece that we think our producers are trying to cut out of the show <laughs> because we like the silliness we like the stuff that comes out of left field and Billy came up with what I thought was a really good idea for the show a while ago called Billy and Dom Eat the World mm-hmm. where we ask people to suggest to us something from their part of the world or possibly their childhood or their city that is not very well known outside of that city that is considered to be a delicacy or a curiosity or something to try, drink, eat, whatever, and we review it. So we've been doing that on the show, which Billy and I get a huge giggle out of. And, can uh, I make a suggestion? I also have a yes. suggestion. Can I, can I suggest something from my city? Because well, yeah. this is something that I don't think most people know. But Cincinnati is the, in terms of the amount of chili eaten per capita, the chili capital of the world. Wow. And wow. we have we have our own, uh, in contrast to like the kinds of chili that you would get in other parts of the United States, where it's usually a lot chunkier and it's like influenced a lot of times by like Mexico and stuff like that. Uh, our chili is very Greek influenced. So Cincinnati chili is kind of its own brand. And there's like almost like a gang war in the city over which of the main two chili restaurant uh, uh, chains you prefer. There's Skyline uh, Chili and Gold Star Chili. And like people will, uh, to me, honestly, they say, they taste pretty similar, but like there are people who will like refuse Don't say it too loud, to enter, enter a Gold Star because they're such big Skyline fans. And it, it's absolutely worth trying. It's different than what you'd normally expect from but Chili. But what do you eat? But what do they sell? They don't just sell a Chili. It'll be, it's usually like on a hot dog. It'll either be oh, on, chili, in Cincinnati chili. they put it yeah, mm. so it's usually like put on like a hot dog with like ah. cheese and onions and mustard. They call it a coney, or they'll sell it as part of like on noodles, like spaghetti noodles. So you oh. have spaghetti noodles, then you put the the chili on top, and then like cheese and maybe beans and stuff. Mm. Then we should um, do it. That sounds like a taste test. It's a great one. But how, how, how would we get hold of it here in LA? Can you buy it from a local supermarket? Like, how um, do we get I it? think you could order it online and. If worst comes, to, if you if you're unable to find it, I could probably buy a can and send it to you. Okay. In fact, by which I mean I could definitely buy a can and send it to you. We'll get blindfolded. We'll taste you yeah. each one, and we'll yes. we'll tell you which is the yeah, best. We'll you <laughs> okay, okay yes, love it. Okay, we're gonna have to yeah. arrange for these, yeah. these cans yeah. to get to get delivered. That sounds that sounds like a great segment. Do not let Don't your producers cut, that. cut it. Yeah, uh, that sounds we're, awesome. We're always we're always uh, uh, my partner. She's like our producer for this show, and kind of uh, and I'm always kind of campaigning like, no, 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 leave the stupid stuff in. Yeah. She's like, yeah, but it's like it's like half an hour, and I'm like, it's like I'm like, yeah, 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 it's fine. I know we went completely off piece and didn't talk about Dungeons and Dragons for like a whole episode, but that's fine. <laughs> yeah. That's what the people are coming for. <laughs> May yeah, I also exactly. make a suggestion? 
Go on. Yeah. You should try a kota. We have them in South Africa, in Johannesburg. So it's a kota. It's a kota slice of a loaf of bread, right? And you take the bready bit out. Then you put in some chips inside. You put in some baloney or baloney. Then you have to try and find acha. Probably couldn't find it at like an Indian restaurant. Mango acha. Then you must put a Russian sausage. So you could use like a Frankfurt or something like that. Put that there. Then tomato sauce, some onions, some chilies. Then you put the bread back on top. Then you squeeze that and you eat it. If you want to take it further, my mother used to enjoy wrapping that in cling film and taking a car and reversing over it slowly so it all mushes. And then you kind of eat, you just open up the packet and eat that. <laughs> it's like the greatest thing I've ever heard. Are like, you, are you in hang... South Africa just now? Oh no no no! I'm in the UK now, but I'm from South Africa. Yeah. All three of I think all three of us are usually based in the UK, yeah. but I fled the UK once the second lockdown started. So I've been in yes. Cincinnati, Ohio, since like last November. Uh, but normally I'm based in London. I love that your mum reverses over it with her car. That is brilliant. That's unbelievable. Yeah. That's amazing. Brilliant. I just love the idea of watching your mum go outside (laughs) with food. What are you doing with that? I'm just running over it. Don't worry. (laughs) You wouldn't just roll it. That would would be too easy. I don't know. It's it's the car. She has to do the car thing. (laughs) I love that. Maybe maybe like the treads add something else to it. Like the the uneven rolling, like the uneven flattening. Apparently it was something that was from the university and she's never stopped doing it. So... Wow, that's so incredible. We're hoping to do this podcast at some of these conventions that we're lucky enough to be invited to over the year. And and I think that this Billy and Dom Eat the World section might be one of the most popular elements to watch live because you're seeing us in real Mm. time react to something. We don't know how we're going to react to something. It doesn't always need to be tasty. Sometimes it can be slightly strange, you know, so... We will keep in the weird stuff. I'm not comparing ourselves yes. to the Beatles here because that would be a, a fool's errand. There's only two of us. Yeah, there's you only two of us. You heard it here first. <laughs> Better than the Beatles, the friendship onion. <laughs> oh, what I, as a, as a massive Beatles fan, and this is another thing that we both nerd out on a lot, the, the times for me in my old age that I enjoy the Beatles are the unpolished moments, are the throwaway moments, them plugging in a guitar and George says something to Ringo, or off mic you hear a producer say something and John Lennon kind of barks back. I love the songs, I love the polished elements of the songs, but it's the bits in between that I'm the most intrigued by. And I think, I hope, that's what we're hoping to keep in with the podcast. Of course we're going to have some fun and we're going to do segments, but we like the little gaps in between where we don't know what we're going to say. I'm sure that's how you guys feel about your pod. Yeah. 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 I think that's that's all of what the podcast chaos. is. I think that, the, 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 yeah, chaos. I think that's, that's been the, mm. you know, the, I think the reason we've had some success is because people just vibe off of us being silly and weird and going on silly tangents uh, about wh- whatever we feel like at the time. Yeah. Uh, yeah. We <laughs> get the real about chaos and mm. tangents. Could you hold the floor for a minute while I go for a pee? Yeah, I'll try. <laughs> it's just right behind us here, and it's... I've drunk too much of this. 
Yeah. <laughs> Excellent. You can well, secret, it's fine. secret things about Billy while he's gone. I'm listening in. <laughs> I'm listening. <laughs> uh, uh, Dom, if you'll permit me, I did actually have a bit of an off-piece question to ask you specifically. Look, he's listening. Uh, as I, uh, I, I follow you on uh, on Instagram, and I can see that you're a big Man United fan. Yeah. Uh, and uh, I, we don't need to talk about the team that I support. I am also an avid uh, football <laughs> fan and have consumed a lot of football. Uh, and I just was genuinely interested because I know also we do have a couple of football fans uh, who listen to this show as a couple of them reached out to me on Instagram and I now talk to them on match day, which is very, very fun. Mm. But I wanted to know how long until you close the gap on City? What's your honest opinion? You know, it's, it's, it's tough um, trying to answer that question because there's so many moving parts. I think if you look at the financial, uh, you know, setup at both of those teams, Manchester United was bought by American owners who put about $800 million of debt immediately into our yep. club. Manchester City was bought by, I believe, is he, is he a Saudi? A sheikh, yeah. A, a Saudi a, yeah, sheikh, a sheikh in Saudi Arabia, yeah, who, yeah. Who invested £2 billion into the team immediately. So from a financial point of view, we have $800 million debt, they have £2 billion mm-hmm. in profit. It's difficult. And not to mention investment in the local area as well. Yes, like if you yes. go round by the Etihad now, it's it's been there's so much of the area has been renovated it's, and built houses. And I think someone said to me the Old Trafford has not been closed for renovation since the Glazers took over, which yeah. is yeah. baffling. So there's there's some there's some kind of financial issues that we have to get on top of. I think even alongside all those financial issues, Manchester United have done incredibly well with players like Mason Greenwood, Scott McTominay, mm-hmm. Jesse Lingard, Marcus Rashford. You know, I think we're doing really well. Obviously, signing Cavani is huge for us. I think in the wow, summer... Wow, what a signing he's been, yeah. He's been brilliant. I think in the summer, maybe we, we go kind of a full-court press for someone like Jaden Sancho, possibly mm-hmm. Harry Kane, maybe Haaland. Maybe we need a good, uh, a good defender... I think maybe in two or three seasons we might get to a point where we can come after Manchester City because by that point they might have lost uh, Pep Guardiola. There'll be an aging team. And, Hopefully, uh, think, for the rest of us. Yeah, they're, they're, a, they're a juggernaut and it's strange to think yeah. of them as a juggernaut because all the way through my youth up until probably my early 30s, they, they were not a threat and they have very recently yeah. become a significant threat. Yeah, our, our two teams used to battle it out at the top. Uh, Are you see, an I'm, Arsenal I'm fan? cursed with being an Arsenal fan. Yeah, oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, about I am. That. yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's rough. It's rough. My mother would literally disown me if I wasn't an Arsenal fan. Uh, <laughs> I'm more of a tennis guy, personally. I like some tennis. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. So uh, yeah, but that was that was my itch that I wanted to scratch. Uh, I I, w- I couldn't let you, know, you guys leave without asking a football question. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, uh, but honestly, this has been uh, so fantastic getting to talk to you guys. Uh, we have to do this uh, this this uh, Star Trek D and D game because uh, I think this will be very very fun. Just because um, I know I know Billy is going to go home, and alongside him and his son, they're going to have a look at this online. So what's the name mm. of the the, the Star Trek based kind of D and D game. Um, so there's Star uh, well, there Trek. Is the one that I suggested. Which it's I'm not gonna buy now. Yeah, I think mm. the one that we'd mentioned was Starfinder, which isn't specifically Star Trek based, but it's sci-fi. So you could easily mm. fit, I think, elements of Star Trek into that. But um, I th- yeah, yeah we're not just saying like, some that I think that are Star Trek specific. Yeah, so I found Star Trek Adventures RPG called Rulebook. Um, 
So Star Trek Adventures, yeah. actually. I think yeah. you should stop buying things. You've bought about three <laughs> things since we've been on. <laughs> this is no, this is just what Yonati does. Like she absolutely, if she finds something that she likes, she's like, "Yep, yeah, okay, I'm gonna, I'm gonna have that." Uh, she likes to collect I'm a things. <laughs> I have so many books. So, 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 so many books. Oh, wow. That's good. So good. many And books. you've written yeah. them all? Hmm? Yes. 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 Extremely has prolific yes. writer. I love it. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, uh, you mentioned it, Harry Potter. She actually ghost wrote yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. For a number yeah. of reasons. For complete falling out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. For a Before the series reasons. ended. That's why <laughs> it had to end. <laughs> <laughs> um, amazing so yeah please tell us where can we find uh, the friendship onion and uh, and uh, like I don't know if you're going to be on social media or things like that where can they follow you I guess to make sure if, if there is anyone who is listening to this who isn't already following you guys they of course should be uh, so yeah tell us where we can find all your stuff so just follow us on Instagram or wherever you follow people and also the Friendship Onion and listen to it wherever you listen to your podcasts. And don't forget to rate, review and subscribe. Yeah, that stuff's really important. And also, if you want to send us a voice message of anything that you want us to talk about on the show and maybe you'll make it onto the show, you can go to www.speakpipe forward slash the Friendship Onion, I memorized Wow, it. well done, though. Tell us Very anything, impressive. anything that you want us to talk about. Maybe you, maybe you consider yourself to be the biggest Lord of the Rings fan in the world. Maybe there's an element of nerddom that you want us to explore. Leave a message. Maybe you'll make it on Or there's some local food that you yeah. want us to eat. Yeah. Anything like that. Mm. And what if they wanted to email us, Dominic? Oh, yeah, you can email us at the Friendship no. Onion. Oh, you go on, go on. Friendship Onion. There's no the on the email friendship mm. onion at castmedia.com and that's cast with a k for kick with a k email us tell us what you want the show to be about maybe we'll make some changes yes of course we will <laughs> yes 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 amazing so go, make sure you go and check out the friendship onion uh which i think if you were listening to this anything other than a day after it is already out uh oh sorry anything other than the day it will be out the first episode will be out right now uh, if you're listening to this on the day you have but 24 hours to wait until the friendship Prepare onion yourselves. Will be in your ears. there might even be a thing about fools in space Traveling around in a Star Trek universe. Yeah, you just never know. You never know. And then you guys will have influenced that. Yes. 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 That's all we can hope for. Always reverse over anything I'm eating now. (laughs) Yes. I don't care what it is. Just just a bowl of oatmeal. Anything. I'm going to (laughs) get Everything is better flat. (laughs) Everything is better flat. (laughs) Absolutely incredible. Uh, Thank you so much for being on. Uh, If you uh, have just listened to this uh, episode and you haven't. uh, uh, listen to any of us before you can find us at TB Halflings uh, that's where we'll be on the social media uh, we also have a Patreon as well which is uh, patreon.com forward slash TB Halflings if you want some more stuff uh, including the video version of this podcast will be available uh, on that so if you want to see these glorious faces that I'm looking at right now then you can indeed they're doing some lovely uh, doing some lovely um, 
uh, faces right now at me. Um, so yes, make sure you go ahead and uh, check that out. Thank you very, very much for listening to this great episode of TV Halflings. I've had an absolute blast. Thank you, Dominic Monaghan and Billy Boyd for coming along. And uh, we'll see you very soon. So long, Shire so Folk! Long, so long, Shire, Shire Folk! Bye-bye! Meow, 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 meow.